0: hello everybody and welcome to episode 107 of the Stacey west podcast i'm ben and back with me this week after a little bit of a, a brief hiatus gaz is back how you doing mate
2: yeah, I'm not too bad at all. Thank you. Uh, I must admit, I, I didn't get a chance to listen last week, but I'm assuming that Jake was far more cordial than me. Uh, for the most part, yeah, yeah, for the most part, <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Uh, it was it was a you know it was, it was a um, good good podcast last week with Jake. I think he was uh, he was quite pleased to to come on, and uh, I think he um, he said he wanted to try and give me some you know as much stick as uh, as he as you do on a regular basis, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think he had it in him.
2: Bless him. He's a nice lad, Jake. That's that's the thing. He's a nice <laughs> lad, and and I, judging by the way I'm being treated by some other people at the minute, I'm not. But there we go. <laughs> but, uh,
0: so no, it's um, you you you're nice enough in person. That's that's you know you, that's probably <laughs> as 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 far as I'm willing to go with it.
2: <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, to it's be just, honest, it's you just when you're not on that, air on to, to be first fair. Bit
0: you know when we hit that record button it all changes
2: <laughs> very good
0: so uh how's the week been anyway um you know before we before we fire into all the lincoln city stuff is uh everything everything all good
2: yeah yeah to be honest i took monday and i was off monday and i've not been uh, not been on it so i wasn't wasn't well tuesday recharged the batteries and uh yeah just seemed to be spending all my time looking at my computer screens plural
0: Fair enough, yeah, well, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll go through... What about you, Ben? How are you? I'm all right. I'm feeling like I've got a bit of a head cold coming, which is never good. Um, And I don't really know where I've got it from,
2: because I've not left the house, so... It's... Rachel, then. Rachel's giving you it. That's the only explanation. Because you haven't caught a cat cold.
0: <laughs> cat vid 19. No, Um. it's... Uh, yeah, I, I'm all right on the whole, sort of, just about getting over console launch period and... and uh Trying to get in with everything else that's going on at the minute. Um, bloody Cyberpunk's coming out next week, and somebody said that that game internally, uh, he was testing it. Said that they played that game for 175 hours and still hadn't finished it. So, yeah, wow. don't think you're going to get that completed
2: before we get it reviewed. But anyway, no, I'm um, quite interested in that. To be honest, I've been eyeing that a little bit. Does so, look pretty good. Yeah, I'm quite. I, I like a, a kind of an open world. To per, uh, the third person, you know, do cars up, go and do different things. So, and for some reason, for the last two and a half minutes, uh, I've just been thinking about Cat Dealy because <laughs> you said Catvid, and I kind of thought
0: videos you know, of Cat Dealy. What yeah, have you I seen? I
2: wonder, wonder what she looks like now. I wonder how old she is now. Could be another age game. Anyway, should we talk some football?
0: Yeah, let's talk about football, seeing as that's what we're here to do. Um, we've sort of said we're not going to go over the, uh, the, the Cup defeat really, because it's, you know, it's it's quite old news at this point. Um, it was, uh, you know, the, the main thing to talk about now is, uh, you know, Wigan.
2: Um, sorry, Kat Dealey married Patrick Keelty. Yes. Yeah, she did. Anyway, sorry, Wigan, go on. <laughs> She's 44 as well. Uh, right. Okay. sorry. Fair enough. Um,
0: yeah, I'm just trying to work out that probably meant that she would have been Jesus Christ! She was about twenty-five when I was on the telly when I was watching it. Christ. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, Wigan started off, um, you know, first half didn't seem to to have the, you know, the the uh, the, the finishing and the, the the final ball. I think seems to be something that we've said quite a bit over the past few weeks. But um, after they scored, we, we started to turn the screw a bit, didn't we? And I think. Overall, I think I don't think anyone could complain about the uh, the result. I thought we were worthy of it in the end. What about yourself?
2: Yeah, I find it interesting, the change that Michael made. Um, that He said he made at half-time, and I, I didn't pick up on it, and I don't think Michael and uh, Rob commentating picked up on it as well. But we went to the four two three one, Um, so we intended to go more attacking, and in actual fact, I thought it had the opposite effect for the first five minutes or so. Thought we looked quite disjointed when we came out after uh, after the break, um, from being really largely in control in the first half without threatening. It, it was one of those almost like a, you know, we were holding them in place but weren't hitting them. It was a, a real standoff, and they came out. I mean, it was it was a sucker punch. But let's face it, they could have scored just before with the ball that was the lad that was offside at the back stick, but it was it was weak defending. Yeah. Um and you know it changed when not only were we four two three one, which is is the formation that you know Michael played last season, um, but when Harry Anderson came on. And that's not to say that Harry was the sole influence, but I think the type of player that Harry is um, on that flank kind of was was a little bit more effective than than Conor McGrandles, who's obviously a, a midfield player. You know, I know I know Conor wasn't on the right flank, but um, I know Anthony Scully was, but I don't, yeah. I'm not sold on Anthony Scully as a wide player. Mm. Um, I thought, to be honest, the best thing that happened to Anthony Scully was um, Harry Anderson coming on because I thought he was excellent when he went over onto the other flank um, mm. and had Brennan Johnson on the inside of him as well. So, But yeah, I mean, after that, we controlled it. And let's let's face it, we should probably, in the last sort of 25, 30 minutes, have, have scored three, maybe even four. Um yeah. but it was nice just to get a couple of goals. I was delighted for Tom Hopper as well, mate. Delighted.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think that was um, that was something that I you know wanted to touch on a little bit because the the, the work that that Tom Hopper puts in, um, I think a lot of it, and it, this was mentioned on the radio as well. I think a lot of it seems to go not necessarily unnoticed, but definitely underappreciated um, because I think we've you know. We've been very much aware that if, a, you know, if a, a striker isn't scoring goals, they will get criticised quite vocally by a lot of uh, by a lot of Lincoln City fans. And obviously at the minute, we're not able to, you know, we're not able to see the crowd's reactions to, to things in the way that we did uh, previously. And, you know, some of the uh, some of the reactions might not necessarily be. um <sighs> Overly, uh, overly audible. I think is probably the the way of putting it. But I think with Tom Hopper at the minute, you know, a lack of goals isn't necessarily um, the way to judge him. Uh, He's he's been putting in the he's been putting in the work, and I think when you when you look back on some of the goals when he's been on the pitch, you'll see that he's been in and around it for you know for for the the build up or at least you know part of the build up. the challenge that he made that led to Brennan Johnson on Tuesday night like nearly, you know, nearly scored when he just put it wide. Um, the fact that he was hounding down the defender and managed to get that tackle in, and then just a the deft little touch that he played to Brennan Johnson to put him through. It was, you know, that's the kind of work that he does, and I think you know, the fact that he did come away with a goal on um, on Tuesday was excellent because it, it it was his reward. You know, I think that was his thing where he's he's put a lot of effort in. He's you know he's worked really hard with it, but. It was, you know, it, like you, like I said earlier. I think people will judge strikers on goals for for the longest time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought he had a good game. Um, I thought he's had quite a few good games recently. It's just not getting the ball in the net, and uh, ultimately, I think he, he, uh, it was thoroughly deserved on Tuesday night. Um,
2: I think I think also there is the there's the John kindy situation because. Mm. Uh, I've, I've found the criticism of Tom to be very similar to the criticism of John. And it's easy to put them together um, Two strikers don't score a lot of goals, get praised for their hard work. And, you know, at the time we were very defensive of John. Mm-hmm. And then I think towards the end, I, I, I had quite a bad experience with him um, interview wise, as I think some people are aware of. And then, um, you know, he did, towards the end of his time, begin to look like he wasn't particularly interested, certainly after Danny left, which was then beginning to get hard to defend. Mm. And I think, you know, the difference is, as you've just said there, Tom's work rate. But if you are a striker who doesn't score goals, you will always receive criticism. And that is irrespective of whether there are 100 goals elsewhere in the squad. If you don't score goals from the number nine position, you will get questioned. Now, I think the important thing to remember is when certainly for me when i'm saying i don't i think we need another striker i'm not saying we need another striker to replace tom hopper yes. i'm saying we need another striker who is different to tom so that when you're in a game like plymouth in the fa cup you've got an option to rather than just having the workhorse there, you've got the fox in the box, you've got the person sniffing on the 18 yard line. And there have been numerous instances where balls have come into the box where a fox in the box scores the goal. But there will be numerous instances that people do not see where we've either scored goals or had positive passages of play that have led to chances, where Tom has probably been involved in in the assist or just in the build-up and hasn't got the credit for that. Yeah. so you know he is going to be an easy target because a striker who doesn't score goals isn't target. Easy... I remember all the way back in you know my first season or so there at Lincoln, where you know my old man would be would be coming away, we'd be calling John McGinley a donkey. McGinley scored twenty goals that season that I'm talking about. If he missed three chances in a game, strikers are there to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. um and you will never change the fan that believes that a striker must score goals you will never change his mind you will never change his mind
0: yeah um i mean one one thing that i did want to just bring up um and it's something that michael's mentioned before in his uh, you know in his in his post match interviews and something that we've said before about when um particularly that week when the the I follow camera seemed to be uh, doing the Wayne's World thing of the extreme close ups with all the players. There's a lot of the runs that you don't see um, in, you know, the the, uh, the the sort of darting runs from from players from the back and everything else. I just wanted to highlight um, Teo Eden's uh, contribution on on Tuesday night because obviously he was, I don't want to say at fault for the goal, but he was, you know, the one that his, his distribution gave it away. You know, he he lost the ball high up the pitch and uh, Wigan countered very quickly. Um, but later on, when you watch Tom Hopper's goal back, when Anthony Scully's got the ball, you look at how tight that defender is to to Anthony Scully. Um, did I say Liam? I think I might have said Liam. No, no, Sorry. You said Anthony. Sorry, yeah, it, it's something that we keep saying in the house, and we keep hearing it on commentary and go, "Bloody Liam!" Um, but yeah, when when Scully's got the ball, um, you look at how close that defender is to him, and then it's the run from Tao Eden that's going towards the corner flag. The defender sees him and he just backs off Anthony Scully that little bit and it gives him that space to get the ball into Hopper. Um, and, you know, Hopper then turns and scores. And it's that, to me, is the kind of stuff that, when I say that stuff goes underappreciated, it's that kind of movement that Michael is mentioning in his post-matches. And he's, he's saying, you know, you've got to watch the play to see you know, it's not all about the player that's on the ball. And, and when I, I sort of caught it afterwards and I saw the replay, I thought, you know what? That's actually a fantastic run from Teo just to draw that defender away. Um, and it just gives, you know, it just gives Anthony enough space to, to get the ball through. And, and uh, Tom obviously buried it you know, with a, a very good finish. So...
2: I'm delighted you've mentioned Tao Eden because I've actually just finished an article on him, which I've set to go live on Saturday morning. So people who are listening to this will be um, just so they know that I'm not just writing an article based on what you said in the podcast. (laughs) Um, I've actually just written about how I think Tao in the last two games has really come on song. And I think he's been improving since the beginning of the season, which goes back to um, what Michael said to me when I met ground was you know you'll see Teo become more uh, influential in the squad now I think actually it was quite harsh yes the ball did come off him for their goal um, but I think if you actually look at that moment of play as, as I recall it and I might be wrong but I think he actually did well to control either an errant pass or you know it, it was a good passage of play and it wasn't so much that you know, he made a mistake in that there was was a great challenge in there on him, which, you know, it wasn't like he played a pass into somebody's feet um, to to come away with the ball. Um, And you're quite right about, I think, his movement. Um, I think his passing uh, is getting, when I say better, I don't want that to sound detrimental to him because, you know, I looked at his passing stats actually for, for the article and he's making the same amount of passes and he's making, you know, the same sort of percentage of, completed passes as he did against Bristol Rovers for instance or Fleetwood when when he was a, arguably kind of in and out of the side um but i just think he's becoming better mm-hmm. i think they're better passes and you know a pass to feet can be sideways it can be 20 yards it can be 15 yards i think he's being more sensible with them he's made he made more runs in the Wigan game than any other game this season in terms of dribbles with the ball um yeah but I, I i think there's a great player in Tayo I just think, for some reason, um, he had a tough summer. I don't know what the reason is. Um, For some reason, he had a tough summer. Uh, As I understand it, he he moved house um, just before the season started. I think he, from what I understand, I think he shared with another player and he moved in on his own or something like that. I don't know, but I think he started this season some way back from the other players. I think he was one. You know, when Michael keeps alluding to a player who's a little bit behind everybody else, and we mm. always think that it's probably Theo Archibald who came in later. I mm. think Tao, in terms of something, and I don't know what, was a bit behind the rest of the squad at the start of the season. He didn't play a league game in September, you know, not even mm. come on as a sub. And now he's arguably our first choice left back.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, um, It, like I said, I, I think I've been, you know, I've been quite critical of his distribution, Um in, in previous games there's been moments when you know there's a a stray pass or an errant pass that, that doesn't look like it's necessarily going to go anywhere but i fully agree with you i think he's, he's coming on leaps and bounds at the minute and to me that moment even though you know he he didn't have anything to do with the ball didn't touch the ball but it was you could see when Wiggins sorry, just, just going back to it when Wiggins goal went in you could see just how much it annoyed him you could see how, how hard he'd taken it because, you know, he was the one that, like the guy, you know, like the Forest Green defender when we went 3-2 up. You could see him, you know, head in hands and really, really frustrated. But then watching when the goal goes in as well, he is absolutely delighted that, you know, that's been able to make up for it. And I I just wanted to pick him out because I thought he was, you know, I thought he was really good on uh, on Tuesday night. And that that run just summed it up for me perfectly. I thought he, he you know, drew the defender away, gave uh, gave Anthony Scully the space uh, to make that goal happen. So,
2: yeah, it's almost like you did research. I, I'm 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 shocked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the free kick because I mean, I, I think I texted you after the game and I said that was the first time this season that I've actually screamed at my TV because it was I was so frustrated after going one nil down because we just had the best of the game so far but we just couldn't, you know, couldn't stick it in the back of the net. But once again, George Grant stepping up to it and absolutely staking his claim for man of the match, wasn't he? Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I, I, that's, you broke up on me a little bit, actually. I don't know if the listeners are getting that or if it's just at my end, but you, you went a bit darlicky for a minute. I think yeah. in terms of staking claim for man of the match, I think it's a bold... Um, dare I say, short sighted now that I'm not calling you short sighted, but I think when a player scores a goal and then he's instantly given man of the match, which is something the match sponsors nearly always do. Um, so say you know, short, me. Yeah. I, I give it to anyone. George who had a good that <laughs> I've lost you completely, I lost you completely, mate.
0: Sorry, I was saying, you know, me, I, I just give it to anyone who scores,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, obviously I'm just struggling a little bit. But um I think, you know, for me, man of the match probably is actually Tom Hopper. Um mm-hmm. but it was a great yeah, you know, it was a great free kick, and it was the sort of thing that that dare I say, not a season can hinge on because we're doing well anyway. But you know, one 0 down at Wigan didn't look like scoring at all. And then that goal, it just kind of fired us up. And after that, I thought we looked like scoring every time we went forward and you were sure it was gonna drop. Yeah. Um, and we'd go on and win the game so I mean huge really because you know if you take uh, look at the results that went around us you know um, Wednesday night Peterborough losing so they played a game more and a point behind us Charlton losing level games three points behind us you know we're in a really good place Ipswich drew I think didn't they on the night I think Did so Ipswich yeah. draw? I can't think about Portsmouth. Portsmouth, not know what their score was, but they're four points behind us having played a game. more, well, you know, mm-hmm. we've got a good run of games now. You know, we've got, obviously we'll move on to Saturday shortly, but we're in a great position. And, you know, my dad always, always says to me, from when I was a lad, little lad onwards, where you are at Christmas is a good indication of where you're going to be at the end of the season. Yeah. If you're top six at Christmas, you're not in, you're, you don't qualify for the playoffs, but you're going to be in or around the playoffs at the end of the season. You know that going into March, you're still going to have something positive to play for. Mm. And at the moment, you know, 29 points from 14 games, a former manager of ours, whose name I shall not say on here for fear of being shot down, said two points a game gets you promoted. At the minute, yeah. we're averaging more than two points a game. And that is a phenomenal return. In fact, it is only you know an outstanding Hall City side. And I, I, you know, I've not seen them play, but 11 wins from 14. 26 goals you know they're they're a good side they should be they spend the money in the summer but that's the only thing that's keeping us off the top of the third tier it's you know it's astounding and you don't get there by being Lincoln City and playing everybody off the park you get there by being Lincoln City winning games you shouldn't win playing some off the park and rolling with the punches Um, you know when, when things don't go as well you know the lads have always kind of got themselves back up and I said Uh, to Pete, I think it was in a phone call last week, that how bad a result Saturday was entirely depended on Tuesday. Because getting knocked out of the FA Cup prize money was a real negative and it looked like a bad result, especially after how well we'd played. But I said, if we go to Wigan and win, losing at Plymouth doesn't look such a bad result, given the players that were rested.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's that's the important thing. Obviously, I did see a lot of... um, I did see a lot of negativity about after, you know, after going out of the cup, but it was um, a lot of it was essentially about the financial side of things. And, you know, the fact that it would have been nice to have, uh, you know, a a run of some description to get some money in the bank. But ultimately.
2: What's that smell? What's that smell? Is that a segue that I smell? I wasn't I wasn't planning on it oh it would have been so smooth
0: (laughs) but um you know it's the the financial stuff uh you know into a segue um i'm sure i can probably edit it to make it sound better um you know the the, the financial side (laughs) you might need a
2: lot of editing
0: (laughs) (laughs) financial side of things obviously had a bit of a big boost this week um with the news uh, today, I do believe, as we record, that uh, there is going to be a, a bailout from the EFL. Um, there will be some financial, uh, you know, some grants coming to to multiple clubs in the EFL. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think was it was £375,000 that we'll be receiving.
2: Yeah, so um, as I understand it, every club um, will receive a share of £15 million, which... Uh, for us is £375,000. Uh, the bailout is 50 in total. So the next £15 million is then going to be split depending on um, the losses that cl- the clubs have incurred. I've estimated on an article that that, that could be another 400000 based on average attendances, so I added all the average tendencies up across League One and League Two, then I divided them by the grant, et cetera, et cetera. So it could be around £800,000. Uh, and then the remaining £20 million will be available from the EFL uh, to clubs who are in such dire financial position that they then need uh, further help. So, um, yeah, it's great that it's been agreed. I mean, you know, we did the podcast with, with Connor and yeah, we were trying to highlight not just the fans not being out back in stadium, but you know, as I said at the time, it's, it was about the bailout. You know, it's too late already, and um, it's not too late in terms of saving clubs. But in my opinion, clubs shouldn't have been made to sweat this long. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's obviously welcome news. You know, the, the club at the minute, the immediate payment is three hundred seventy-five thousand. Um, I think I saw an article on uh, in local media um, that said uh, that Liam had said he couldn't then start budgeting for how much we would get in terms of lost revenue, how that would be split. Uh, I mean, again, you know, if they say, right, well, we'll split 5 million of that lost revenue money across League 2 and 10 million across League 1, then we could get a little bit more. Um, if they choose to do it on average ticket prices and all that sort of thing, potentially we might get a little bit less because our our tickets are not tiered. It's a one-size-fits-all price. Um, but, you know, the headline is money into club and and you know money good so uh it's a positive well it is isn't it yeah hopefully it gives us a little bit of a chance to to look at January and know what we want to do. And there won't be, you know, we're not going to suddenly go out and spend £375,000 on a striker because we got it for free. Um, but, you yeah, know, there's a potential that actually we might be able to put Michael's playing budget up by 10%. So it would still be 30% down on the year, but he might actually be given something to bring a, a striker in. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know... It's a complete contrast to the last time we were in this position because the last time we were in this position was was back in 82-83 when Gilbert Blaze wouldn't put money into the club and the manager wanted two players and he wouldn't do it. And the chairman got death threats and we lacked ambition and we ended up finishing, I think, seventh. This season, I think the board will be absolutely desperate to back Michael. Mm. um, Absolutely desperate because they're going to look at the situation that we're in and think second in League One on 40% reduced budget. Yeah. Okay, we're 14 games in, but that's that's what a third of the season in. Give or take a couple of games. Long way to go. But I tell you what, if Michael, if there was a few grand left over in any place at all, even if it was through making savings elsewhere, if there was any scope at all to put a little bit of money into the playing side, I trust Michael Appleton to spend it efficiently.
0: Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It's. When you when you put it into context like that, and you you say that you know there has been a forty percent cut in the playing budget, and we're where we are in the league, it's it's just phenomenal. Um, you know they've done, you know Michael and his team have done, uh, just an absolutely incredible job so far, and hopefully this money, um, I think, uh, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I'm I think they were saying that um the potential was that, you know, the, the um the club would be okay until sort of around February time without it. Yeah. Um and I completely agree with you when you say that clubs shouldn't have been made to sweat for this long. Um yeah. you you put in your you know in your article on the on the site that it it's not you know it's not something that should be celebrated, you know, massively because ultimately this is a decision that has come much later than it should have done um it's it's a decision that um you know the the premier league have have done their deals behind the scenes with with you know other um with other parties and and essentially they had that point where they were gonna you know try and run project project big picture um and it was just it was just a, a bit of a nightmare really um but ultimately, you know, we've, we've come out of it now. We're, we're going to be getting the, the, the grant in. Um, it's one to, you know, like we say, not throw your arms up and go, oh, the EFL are amazing. It's just, it's something to be wary of for future, for sure. But, um, that's, uh, that's one of the things that's happened off the pitch this week. Um, is there anything else that we need to say on that before we move on? Because ultimately, like I said, the money's there now, or it will be there very shortly.
2: No I I think just to clarify you know I've been talking there about potential in January and that sort of thing Um, that's you know that's not the the key driver here Um, I don't want it to come across in that way because I read an Ipswich Town article where they were basically talking about can they use the money to sack Paul Lambert you know this isn't about a lump of sum of money coming in that the club are going to go oh what can we use that for let's buy you know pretty shiny things it's you know it's it's money that assures the club's future, and you know there yeah. will not be any erratic spending. It's not about that. There is a huge deficit, um, and it is an absolute lifeline for the second uh, highest placed club in League One and League Two, just as it is for somebody like Grimsby, who are one of the lowest um, ranked clubs in League One and League Two. You know, from from the very top of the spectrum, Lincoln City, to the very bottom of the spectrum, uh, Grimsby Town. It's important.
0: Just had to get that one in there, didn't we?
2: I got, what 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 one? I was merely making a point based on two clubs who are geographically close, but miles apart on the field. Oh, the glee in your voice as you said miles apart, Gaz. 100% not. Did they get beat 4-1 by Exeter at home? Yep. <laughs> you know what? And the the thing is, I remember when that used to happen to us, and I bet there was a lot of people smiling, but I think that was back in the day before podcasts were a regular thing. Thank the Lord. Um, (laughs) No, look, our our time will come. I know that's a little bit gloaty, and it's completely against me. Uh, But the serious point is, from the bottom of League 2 to the top of League 1, this bailout, in inverted commas, is brilliant news. It's grants. It's not loans. They don't have to be paid back, as far as I can understand. It really is just... Let's save football. Yeah, yeah begrudgingly, is, late, uh, and for a smaller sum than obviously Premier League can afford. But let's save it anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think it it sort of feels a bit like this is the best we're going to get at this stage. So, you know, not let's not <laughs> let's not push it, but it's it's sort of you know it's where we are. But anyway um right let's move on a uh to the next thing that's sort of you know next off the pitch thing that's happened and i know um we spoke about this off air very briefly i think it's one that i was a bit more keen to to, to talk about than you were because i've not really said anything on it um over the past week but the the situation with tomo at uh, radio lincolnshire has obviously been at the forefront of pretty much everybody's minds um at least on on uh, at least on banter and you know other uh, other pages on Facebook, but um, it's a bit farcical to be honest. And I'm not talking about you know the alleged reason that's been reported as to why um, Tomo isn't being used at the moment because I think that's that's one of the key things that people need to remember is you know having the phrase suspended probably isn't the right term because first off Tomo's a freelancer. He can, you know, he can go wherever he wants or he go go wherever he feels is right. But the the decision to, you know, to sort of have Tomo not be on the radio at the minute is is one that I think people seem to be getting angry over something that I don't necessarily think is the right thing to get angry about. Um and what I mean by that is There seems to be an awful lot of reporting based on hearsay and um, half-truths. I think the biggest thing for me, and I said this to you off-air, is that why is it that now, all of a sudden, everybody is seemingly taking the word of the sun at face value and that that is absolutely gospel? Um, I'm pretty sure that any football fan you know worth the salt is would have opinions on the sun that don't necessarily uh fall on the favorite you know on the positive side but as soon as it kind of gives somebody a chance to stick the boot into the bbc because something's happened to somebody that they like on the radio they don't seem to care where it's come from um and ultimately if it's you know if it's from the sun who cares it's bad tomo good bbc bad ra you know I'm fairly certain, and this is with absolutely no other knowledge, um, this is kind of, you know, based on logic, I am fairly certain that a comment about handbags is not the reason that Steve Thompson has been asked to take a break from the radio. Um, I would probably put money on that if I had the chance to, but ultimately I don't think we're ever going to know the the full ins and outs of it. and yeah I, you know it's it's not the first time um that that tomo has made comments like that and i mean you know we've we've joked on and off air about um certain things that tomo's you know i don't think tomo's sometimes aware that uh, what you like on twitter is uh, is publicly visible but um you know i i get it and I, I understand why people are annoyed. I'm a little bit annoyed at the fact that he's not on the radio because, you know, as you've said in, in your piece on the on, on the site, um, which I thought was, you know, again, very balanced, very fair. I don't think there's ever been, um, I don't think there's ever been any point at which we've thought, you know, it's right that he's been, you know, been asked to take a break, but I can see why. And I, you know, I can see why that, um, why radio Lincolnshire would take that stance. Um, I know that I've just sort of had a bit of a soapbox moment. So do you want to pitch in on any of it? Because I know we've sort of said that it's it's something that you didn't want to, to talk about too much. But yeah, yeah the floor's not,
2: open. Yeah, not really. I mean, I, I I like Tom O and I think that if he was suspended for saying the word handbags, it would be utterly ridiculous. Um, at the same time, I I don't comment when... Uh, I don't know the full facts. I think we had a situation um, last year when Sid was banned mm-hmm. and there was a similar sort of thing. You know, I, I seem to think one or two of the people pushing it on social media with the same faces. Um, and, you know, again, the full facts weren't entirely known there either. And I tried not to comment on that as well. Um, what well, I would say, like I said, I, I like Tom Owl on the radio um, and that people talk about Dinosaur. Uh, I think that's, that's massively uh, doing him a disservice. You know, he's knowledgeable on the game. Um, there are some language that is used potentially looking at the reports that if we were to use it on here, wouldn't be a problem. But the BBC uh, is, is a, a broadcaster that's funded by the taxpayer and is therefore answerable to a whole lot of people um, mm-hmm. rather than you and I who are answerable just about to each other. Uh, <laughs> and that's about yeah. it. So, do you know what I mean? It's, you know, uh, all I would say, I, I did the article some people said i sat on the fence others said you know you didn't sit on the fence what you actually did was point out that there was this clamour for trying to believe something that either wasn't there or we didn't know about and on the back of that a daily mail journalist contacted me and said would i uh, would i like to speak to him because he had the full facts and i replied and said um, i i wouldn't uh, like to speak to him uh, because whatever facts he told me he would want a response from and then it would be almost certain uh, that i would be misquoted and the very last thing uh, that I won, and I, I do mean the last thing. And this is after being caught in suspenders, crotchless pants, and a Grimsby shirt hanging upside down with an apple in my mouth and a cucumber at my ass. Uh, is to see my name printed as a quoted in the Daily Mail.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty certain that we've just put a very disturbing mental image um, across the vast majority of uh, our listenership. So
2: the Grimsby shirt was too far, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it really was. Um, I mean, yeah. Look, I'm. I, I I don't think that what you wrote was sitting on the fence. Um, you know, I think it was fair. At, you know, ironically, given that we're talking about um, you know people whinging about the BBC, I thought it was about as fair and balanced as you could possibly get.
1: Oh, um, you're
0: sounding sycophantic now, Ben, but I'll take it. Well, no, I'm not at all. I, <laughs> you know, I I just think you know it, it, it was bang on. It was bang on, and it it does annoy me that the fact that people just want to have a rant at the BBC and the fact that something comes up that gives them that opportunity and without even beginning to look at the full facts, they just fly off on one. And I saw one person during the game when um, uh, when Michael said on the radio, you know, um, thanks for your emails and you, your queries about Tomo. Tomo's taking a break from the station and he'll be back in the new year. I saw people responding to him saying... Well, he's not taking a break, is he? Why can't you just say what you know? Why can't you just say what's happened? You know, why bloody BBC always being you know always being shady about it? It's like, what do you want, Michael Horton to turn around and say? Do you want him to turn around and say, um, yeah? So Steve's been uh, Steve's been asked not to come on the radio for uh, for for reasons that are X Y Z. Um, I don't agree with him. Steve's my mate. Blah blah blah. Um, sod it! I'm going to risk my job to to say stuff that I've been asked not to say. So he's got a job to do
2: and you're fishing for a spot on Rob's show, aren't you? In the next couple of weeks with all this pro BBC stuff. <laughs> Rob, if you're out there, Ben wants to come on.
0: <laughs> Sod off. I'm trying he to make don't wanna, a
2: point. He, he do not want to do a quiz uh, <laughs> again because uh, he embarrassed himself last time, but he'd like to just come on and talk about Lincoln City. I've just had, mes-
0: d- I just had a message from somebody actually saying that I'm probably going to be on this quiz that you're on later. So uh, so we'll be talking a bit later on tonight as well that's, um
2: that's brilliant I'm not on it I'm not embarrassing myself <laughs> <laughs> I, I said the questions I, I think yeah I, I think probably we should move on I think we've spent a lot of time talking about this and
0: yeah yeah, yeah I mean you know the thing is ultimately it's oh no it, we're
2: going on that's good no Sorry. no
0: no 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 I'm, I'm I'm sort of I am moving on now but I'm just saying okay. that ultimately it's where it, it's what you said about it it's it's people not knowing the full facts and, and assuming that they they have all the knowledge. Um, maybe you know, just just pipe down for a bit. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's Ben's soapbox out of the way for the week. Um, what insane. else have we got to talk about? We've got some. We've got a game. We've we got
2: have got games. A game. We have got games
0: away at Rochdale. Um, g- regale me about tales of Rochdale, gals, because uh, undoubtedly you'll start taking the piss for me not doing any research. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the thing is what we should tell listeners and and I I I can't believe I'm going to say this because um it's me actually being fair with you uh, but we actually had a conversation whereby it was suggested that it was better that you don't do research uh, (laughs) because it was actually a fantastic little hook that we can uh play with all the time and you were very keen to not do research which makes me think that maybe you might have got the better out of it than I did um yeah. So Rochdale, let's talk about Rochdale. So they're 18th in the table at the moment. And, you know, that's a position that it doesn't surprise me. They tend to occupy uh, a relatively lowly position throughout the season. Uh, but don't let that fool you. Um, I think they've only failed to score in, in one game since they lost 3-0 at Hull on October the 17th. So they like a goal. They hit four this weekend. Um they did uh they are trying a few new uh, a few different things in terms of tactics as well which is interesting uh they were playing a uh, a 451 um they drew with bristol rovers and lost to oxford with a 451 they went 433 three, lost to stockport and Salford in the cup uh, and lost to Wimbledon in the league recently gone 4-4-2 and they've now drawn 1-1-1 one and one, one with that um, Drew against Northampton who are very, very direct I mean, we're not playing them but they made 120 accurate passes in their game against Rochdale, and Rochdale made 474. Uh, so if you need to know what contrasting styles look like, have a look at Rochdale and Northampton from um, from the 24th. Uh, obviously, they hammered Plymouth, and this was a result that really took me by surprise. You know, we saw Plymouth, I thought, were a decent side. Rochdale have gone down there and slammed four past them. They've done that after seeing their, uh, for their goal scorer, um, I think is it uh, was it Jake Beasley? I might be wrong. Um, put the ball in the back of the net and then literally have eleven minutes injured on the field uh before he could go off. So twenty minutes have elapsed since the whistle was blown. And in actual fact, they've played three minutes football and a 1-0 up. Now, for me, if you have an injured player, and I've checked again, Pete, about this earlier, an, in- an injury can massively, massively affect how a team um, progressed from there on in in a game. Uh, and they went on ruthless and scored three goals. Now, maybe the injury affected Plymouth, even though it wasn't their player that was injured. I don't know. Um, but Plymouth was so bad that they made three changes at half halftime uh, of that game which is absolutely amazing in fact i'm looking at the stats now it looks like they made five substitutes in total but they can't possibly have done somebody's obviously screwed up there haven't they um no you can have five subs oh is it five oh, of course it is yeah i was thinking it was four it was five so they made three changes at half time, and they replaced byron moore on 34 minutes so when they kicked off the second half they'd made four changes plymouth so they were utterly disjointed by this whole game um so, yeah, really good. Oddly, they scored four, but and Jack will love this. Jack Mulhall, we mentioned him every week, but their XG was actually 1.44 and Plymouth was two. So maybe, actually, they got a stroke of luck. Um, I don't fancy Rochdale this season. I think they were one of the teams I said I thought would go down. I had Callum Camps leave them at the beginning of the season, who's one of their better players. They've got two that stand out for me right now. Uh, Matty Lund. I think spent quite a lot of time there, but he's also been at Scunthorpe. He's a player who's got plenty of experience at this level. I would comfortably come and take a place in our squad, not in our first team, but, you know, he would be a squad player, probably at 30, he'd be too old for Michael, but, um, you know, in terms of ability. And they've got a lad I really like called Ollie Rathbone. Um, he is a little bit of a jack of all trades, He's kind of played up top for them. He's played uh, on the left flank, I think, for them as well. He's a former Manchester United youngster. He joined them free in 2016. He's now 24. He's you know, played 130-odd games, I think, for Rochdale. Uh, he was linked earlier in the season with a move away or over the summer. Uh, so they're the kind of danger men. But what I would say about Rochdale is there's, there's a hint of the Accrington about them in that. They're a relatively small club. You look through their players and you think, hmm, but they're always there to spring a surprise. And the final player I'd like to mention is Stephen Humphreys. He joined them in the summer from South End. He was a player who, when I saw he had moved, I kind of thought Stephen Humphreys has gone there. He's he, yeah, not a player that I particularly rate. Um, I think he's played six games and scored three goals so far. He's been out injured September 20th through to early November. Um, he scored two in two now. Last season he scored ten in twenty-two starts for Southend. Uh, only twenty-three years old, potentially, uh, potentially a player who who could do well against us. I still fancy us for the win, Ben. I still fancy us at least to get a result. But it's you know no game, no easy games at this level. Has oh, to end on a cliche. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I, I I I'd agree with you on that. I think it was. Um, I actually said to Jake last week, you know, it was on paper. It was a game that we should have won on on Tuesday night, and I think this again is on paper a game that we should win. Um, you know, you go you go over Rochdale's results. They've got what is it? Five wins this season. Um, only four in the league, so I can't hear the mouse clicking. No. I'm just I'm playing with a pen guys <laughs> <clears throat> um this is a mouse clicking
2: I know I've been listening to it all evening <laughs> you cheeky twat um
0: <laughs> yeah you know I think when when you when you're coming up against a team that's that's not got a good run of results as you know Plymouth game aside which as you say seems like it could be a bit of a freak one um it, it, it's a game that you know. Say on paper, we probably should be winning, but um, you know, let's let's see what happens. Um, we've had some really strong performances. We've had some patchy performances recently, but hopefully, we can uh, take the, the the you know the performance from the second half in the Wigan game and and put that into a full ninety on uh, on Saturday. So
2: let me just put this out there, by the way, Peter played play Portsmouth this weekend. So let's say we could get a win. We will either pull two points clear, further clear of Peterborough and Portsmouth, or we will pull three points further clear than one of those two teams. So let's say Peterborough were to beat Portsmouth and we were to win our game. And I know it's all ifs and buts, but then there would be uh, like eight point gap and the game we play a game less than Portsmouth. So huge, huge. I mean, every every weekend is obviously big, um, but, you know, it, it, it's huge. Charlton go to Shrewsbury, which I think will be a tough game for them. Ipswich go to Plymouth. Plymouth won't lose 4-0 again.
1: Mm.
2: So, you know, there's some big, big games there. And I just think, you know, they said there's that saying, it's another cliche and it's nothing to do with football. But if you look after the pennies, the Pounds looked after themselves. And for me, we look after ourselves and everyone else whatever everyone else does it doesn't matter you know we'll mm. promotional look after itself that, that analogy didn't work that was as bad as a bad analogy <laughs> and, but I, 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 I knew I knew exactly what I meant and in my mind it works and so that's all it matters
0: <laughs> I'm using that next time you call me out one of my analogies I'm just gonna say well it works in my head so that'll
2: do how about this Ipswich and Portsmouth meet the week after cool.
0: it's all coming together
2: it's tough, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? There's, when you when you're up where yeah. we are, there's always people willing to take points. So we we meet Sunderland, so it's a relatively big one for us. But yeah, and then it's Portsmouth Fleetwood. Portsmouth have got a horrible run. What a horrible run of games they've got! My lord. And they're all
0: pretty uh, pretty smished together, aren't
2: they? Yeah, they are. Anyway, there we go. So. So
0: and then we have got Shrewsbury in the uh, in the Pizza Trophy on on Tuesday night. Um. Do you think do you, do you still think this is a trophy that Michael's sort of going to take a little bit seriously now that the FA Cup's not in the picture, or is this is this one that's sort of kind of a, a run out for the second string, if you like?
2: Mix of both, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think that there will be a potential. For some of the fringe players, dare I say fringe players, to get a run out. Um, So you're almost certainly going to see, I mean, I I don't think Remy Howarth will be fit, but, you know, Max Malburn will definitely play. I think Sean Rowan will definitely play. Theo Archibald will almost certainly start. Who are the fringe players? Six weeks ago or five weeks ago, it would have been Robbie Gotts. It would have been Tao Eden, but they're both currently seemingly playing first-team football. Um, So, yeah, it's... going to be interesting uh, yeah Michael will undoubtedly take it seriously um, he's got unfinished business in this let's not forget that he's twice been here as a manager twice been to Wembley in this competition and lost um, and your know, personal pride will dictate that he wants to go there and beat this competition and, and lay to rest those ghosts and, you know in one year when he got Oxford through to the final he also had them nothing just outside the playoffs in League One so you know it would not surprise me at all for us to see a strongish side because what is a weakened Lincoln City side these days? You know, mm. oh, well, we'll play Joe Walsh instead of Adam Jackson. Oh, okay, then we'll play a, a player who kept, what, four clean sheets in a row and is, is now back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. We won't play McGrandles in midfield. We'll play Bridcut, who, who's been injured and missed out on a couple of games. You know, player that's played for Chelsea and Leeds and Sunderland. We'll play Anthony Scully up front, who started the last two games. And, and you know, he's really a really reserved player. Wouldn't even surprise me if he doesn't play Palmer in goal. Because if Ethan Ross is struggling, I don't think he'll give the youngster longer a, a start. I think he's more likely to play Palmer. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's hard to preview. Um, And I haven't done my prep on Shrewsbury because, again, what will Shrewsbury play? Who knows? You you can't really prep for the Football League Trophy games until the latter stages. But it's a great dress rehearsal for our game against uh, Shrewsbury exactly a week later. You know, we play them on the 8th, we play them on the 15th, but one in the league, one in the Cup. If you ask me now, which one would I rather win? League game all day long, no matter how much money is at stake.
0: Absolutely. So... Right. Well, I think that's more or less uh, everything that we needed to talk about today. Um, it is. I did. Uh, I did just want to say one thing actually um, regarding one of the players that I meant forgot to mention earlier. Um, when James Jones eventually hits the target with one of his, you know, one of his shots, do you think it will actually take the net off? I don't know. We might be waiting a while because <laughs> <laughs> he, he seems to like a, a good pot shot from distance, doesn't he?
2: Him and Theo Archibald both do. I think we should, Me and you should have a uh, have a, a, a game of which one's going to hit first. And I okay. mean, okay, that's, that's a bit harsh because James Jones, uh, not chronologically, which is going to hit first in terms of game time, who's going to score a long range first. So, uh, like, okay. if, if James Jones plays two hundred and seventy minutes and scores, I've then got you know ten games of Theo coming on for twenty minutes ago uh, to get his.
0: Well. That's not exactly fair at the minute because I've got, um, I've, got the t- I've got the team up at the minute. James Jones is currently on one thousand two hundred eighty-two minutes. Theo Archibald is on fifty-seven minutes.
2: Yeah, that's not right, is it? Theo Archibald has played loads more than that. He started a couple of uh, cup games. I don't know what website you're using, Ben, but you need to stop This the is in this is the league. He- uh, yeah, I was going to say, we're not talking only about League though, because if, uh, what, what, if Theo pops up with one against Shrewsbury, you're going to tell me it doesn't count because it's not on your website. <laughs> no, I'm just going off League who, stats for this. Is it who scored? Are you on who scored? Maybe. OK. Oh. <laughs> you know, anyway, I pay 20 odd quid a month for Scout. sat here thinking, looking I'm smug and they haven't got the bloody FA Cup games on there. <laughs> um, i do have a shout out actually to give as well yes you do i give a shout out to give out to andrew bruce because uh we're like boys in the playground uh he's helping me out with my sticker collection and i don't <laughs> care who laughs uh, i like stickers i've had a box of panini 2020 stickers delivered today which are uh, a bargain price on ebay uh, not ebay amazon uh, and i, I start going through my old sticker albums and realized i haven't actually finished uh russia 2018 and uh andrew has got two of the four stickers i need if any listeners out there have got a huge stack of stickers from russia 2018 i need the nigeria and Colombia shinies and that's it so uh but andrew bruce massive shout out i think i think it's the, the players he's got it was a moroccan player and another lad i'll see when they arrive so um top top bloke. uh think he's had books from me before Stacey west fan listens to the podcast so in my book he's all right and when he sends me stickers he's more than all right so i don't fancy him but you know what i mean <laughs> top bloke
0: fair enough well that is going to do as i think um for this week we will uh, disappear into the night hopefully soon uh, the tier system will be rejigged and we can actually talk about getting back into the ground because
2: I purposely stayed away from it because I know it's currently making you quite angry. So yeah, I, th- I think maybe as we go towards Christmas, you and I should think about doing another live video show. Yeah. I, I, we haven't talked about that at all. I've just literally, no, you just show. sprung it on me. <laughs> so we might do some planning and maybe in the run up to Christmas, maybe we could do like the 12 days of Christmas or something. I don't know if anyone's got any good ideas. Cause obviously I haven't let us know. <laughs>
0: You haven't got any off the top of your head. I'm sure you could if you thought about something.
2: Maybe we could think about some of our highlights on the podcast, some of the things that have made people laugh the most. And then we could play them back uh, and then talk about them. Oh, Christ.
0: I'd hate to think what some of them would be. But yeah, that'll do. Let us know. Let us know some particular highlights of the podcast. Um, Although I'm putting a veto on Gary's swimming teacher. (laughs)
2: and i'm putting a veto on your hour and a half question to clive when we're in our live show
0: yeah we cut that one out
2: (laughs) we cut an hour of it out and it still was the longest (laughs) right i've got to go because my sausage egg chips and beans are ready
0: (laughs) all right we'll see you next week guys take
1: care bye. bye minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. you've got your mcnugget share boxes on the go your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things